Ephesians is, for he is your life. He's your life. He's what gets you up, keeps you breathing, keeps you moving, but he's your life. I don't have to squeeze him into my, he is my life. I don't have to fit him in, he is my life. Praise God. I'm thankful for the Lord. Amen. God's good. One more hand clap of praise for him this morning. Thankful for the Lord. Thankful for our choir, our music team. Let's give them a hand today. Appreciate our media, sound, everybody that works, every service, our security team, everybody, ushers that do so many things to just keep things going, every service. Appreciate you so much. Thankful, so thankful again to bring uh, Brother Green to the pulpit today. Don't forget, Sister Green has her books and different items for sale in the foyer. Uh, you want to check that out before you leave. We, we love this couple so much, and I know God put us all together for a reason. I know that. Uh, a tremendous voice in mine and my wife's life, and we appreciate them so much, and a tremendous voice in the for this church as well. Brother Green, come this morning to minister, and glad to have you with us again. Praise the Lord, everybody. The powerful presence of the Holy Ghost in the house today. So thankful for our Lord. Amen. I want to say how much we appreciate uh, Pastor and First Lady. They're great friends. And, you know, we're, I, don't, I don't call Pastor up every day and talk to him. <laughs> and my wife and First Lady don't talk every day. But every once in a while, we'll meet somewhere between here and Jonesburg where we live and and eat a lunch and catch up and talk. And, and every once in a while, we'll text. Got a family threads. and We'll text the family. We'll text uh, them. And I thank God for uh, friends we have in our life. And, and I know the strongest thread that has brought us together is the love that each and every one of us have for God. And then the vision that God has given us in these last days. And when people of like precious faith come together, then it's just beautiful. So I love where we are today and how God has brought us together. We love this church and so many of you that we feel like God has put a special place in our heart. So good to have Judah in the house today. I want you to do something, and I'm not uh, asking you to do this just by... In fact, let me tell you this. I, a few months ago now, I turned to a church where I was there preaching and told them to turn to the person beside you and bless them. Tell them that God's going to bless their finances. God's going to give you a new job. God's going God's to give you a raise on the job. God's going to bless you in your finances. And uh, there was a man in the congregation that turned to his neighbor smiling and told him that, and he received it. And he was smiling because he had just received one three weeks before. A raise on his job. Monday morning he goes into the job, and the boss man says, I want you to come into the office, and brings him in and sets him down. He has no idea what's going on. Boss has tears in his eyes and still don't know what's going on. And finally he said, 
I'm here to give you a raise. And Leonard, the saint of God, said, you just gave me a raise three weeks ago. (laughs) He said, I'm here to give you a raise. He said, why? He said, well, you're a great employee, and it's not about the money that you're making for the company. But it's something about when you're here, people around you get more done. He said, I'm going to pay you extra, but not just for your work. I want you to teach Bible studies in the break room. I I want you to keep talking about the things of Jesus on the job. And I said that to say this. There's a blessing going to come right now across this congregation. When you turn to a brother and a sister of like precious faith, and with all the conviction you have, tell them, I bless you in Jesus' name. God's going to give you a better job. He's going to give you a raise on the job. He's going to bless you even outside your job. Your finances are going to increase. Go ahead right now and turn to somebody. I lose you to speak that prophetic word by the power of the name of Jesus. Receive a blessing in your finances. Jesus' name. Now, if you believe it, just seal it with a little bit of praise and worship. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, God, for loving us. Amen, amen. I'm going to preach today about the new normal, or for short, the new norm. And I'll take a text later, so God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. New norm. New normal. New norm. The new norm is defined by Wikipedia as this. The state by which an economy or a society settles into following a crisis when this differs from the situation that prevailed prior to the start of the crisis. This term, new norm, was first used abundantly among us in 2007-2008 following the financial crisis and the real estate crash, if it were, to that degree. And from that time, 2007-2008, you started hearing this terminology that, that we're moving into a new norm. It was not coined then, but... If any of you are older than six and you remember the 9-11, just five of us, I know everybody else is 18 here, and you remember the terrorists flying into our towers in New York, there has been a different world we have lived in since that time. Our travel is different. The security is different. Crossing borders are different. The way we act and behave going into stores and going into schools, things in crisis cause us to move into a different way of life. This is a new norm. And it's not that we'll ever go back to the way things used to be. We're living in a new norm. It'll never go back. In 2008 through 2012, there has been a global recession Global recession. This global recession, now the term new norm has been attached to that. And now we're hearing it also very strongly after this COVID-19 has come upon the globe. 
this global pandemic, we are now hearing that we will never go back to the way things used to be. There is no going back to normal as we know it. But from here on, we will have a new norm, a new normal, a new way of life. If you Google new norm, and for me, when I went to Miss Google and started putting it in, you know it's a female, she knows everything. (laughs) Miss Google began to put 12, the first 11 or 12 that she sent sites for me to go to was speaking about globalism. Globalism. And this is absolutely the crisis of the global pandemic there is an agenda of individuals to bring in globalism. It's why you're beginning to hear things like, we're all in this together. You do this not for your responsibility, but you do this for my responsibility. You're responsible for me, I'm responsible for you. And the United States of America has been nationals for the entire time that we have been in existence. But now there is a strong push for us to lay down our nationalism in favor of globalism. Indeed, a lot of the political pressure and agendas that we are hearing is letting us see this and know this. It's no accident that we're hearing phrases like, defund the police. Why would you defund the police? Well, the agenda is not for lawlessness lawlessness to run rampant in our cities, but they want to take trust away from local authorities so no one trusts the local authorities. And not only that, they don't want the state authorities and they don't want the federal authorities. It's where we're living. What they want is someone that makes sure there's a law-abiding citizen that is a global or a one-world military, a one-world United Nations type law enforcement group. Yes, there's mistakes that happen in the enforcement of law, but there is a new norm being pushed and an agenda trying to come out of this that is pushing us to a one-world military. The push from some political agendas is for us to be a socialist economy and a socialist society. Where basically everyone will have to depend on the government for health, for finance, for education, etc., etc., that the government itself becomes so large that we are all dependent upon it. Again, this is precursors for a one-world government. It's just identifying where we are. All of these things are setting the stage for the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist will be a one-world ruler over a one-world government with a one-world economy, a one-world military, etc. So all of these things are being put into place. Now, those that study the new norm declare this, that in order for that to happen, and have you ever wondered, how in the world are we going to get to a place in our society where people take the mark of the beast? 
How are we going to get to a place where we're in a one world? How are we going to get to that place? It's from a crisis that happens and now we begin to speak that when we come out of the crisis, we won't go back to where we were before because where we were before brought the crisis. So we have to go to a new normal, a new way of life. This is how. Those that study new norm declare that a paradigm shift has to happen. A way of thinking has to change. And the way that we change paradigms is through language. That's why you're hearing things now that we have never heard before. Shelter in place. Anybody ever heard that till a few months before? How about this oxymoron? Social distancing. <laughs> we never heard that before, but now that makes a whole lot of sense to us because we are in a new norm. And it has positioned us when we say social distancing immediately as a lack of trust for somebody. So we're... And it's putting a thinking process within us when we hear these words, just the words that I've already spoken to us, defunding the police. Oh, I'm not sure about the police. A mistrust and a fear to our present man. This is why the political pressure is all about fear. Get you to fear the government, fear this, fear that, fear that, so that you don't trust. And then you make decisions on fear, which we've talked about earlier today, that is going to bring a lack of, uh, it's going to bring uh, reversion or uh, lack of submission to authority. It'll bring rebellion. It'll bring these kind of things into our life. So these words, these languages that are being spoken, are first spoken by those with the political agenda picked up by media, and then we see it in social media, we see it on our media, our friends begin to use these words, for crying out loud, it's spoken from the pulpit. Until all of us are speaking these words, and it's just something naturally. You think a shift of the way you think, a paradigm by the words that you use. The framing is very inviting. Because it contends that things will never be the way they were before that brought us into a crisis. But we can move from this crisis or from an old norm that put us in a crisis into a new world order, into a new age, into a new time when we will not be the same way we were. And as we weigh our personal and political responses to this pandemic, language is the way that things are employed. Very, very vital that we understand what we're listening to. And very vital that we understand the language that we are picking up. If, if I could relate this, and maybe some of you history buffs, as I began to tell of my growing up, when, you know, 200 years ago. And so um, I was born 1966. That makes me 39. You don't have to do the math. And 66, we were coming out of the nation of the U.S., coming out of a Vietnam conflict, Vietnam War. And if you know your history, there was a lot of protesting against this war. Our men were giving their lives on Asian soils 
for what we considered an ideology, and some believed that the, na- that the world should have this ideology, some did not. So in the 60s and in the 70s, when I was a child, there was a ton of protest. Protest in our streets. Rioting in our streets. And we were protesting against sending our men to war. We were protesting against an ideology and the thought process of the 50s. The 40s and 50s. And so there begins to be a different language. And people that were driving this agenda helped motivate songs to be written that we would listen to over and over. Because we didn't want the conflict and the war and all the loss and people putting their lives on the line for ideologies. And so we are going to have a new norm that's going to all be about love. So we moved into the age of Aquarius. It's the dawning of the day. Of Aquarius. What's that mean? Well, they began to talk about love unbarriered, unbridled, that all we need is to love each other. Ideologies, thought processes in our songs and with our politicians were saying, well, if there was no religion, there'd be no fighting. If there were no nations, there'd be no hating. And it moved us into a realm in the 70s of a flower child. Hippie movement where everybody's loving everybody, which destroyed the nuclear family, which took all of the beauty and sanctity of a covenant marriage and said it's not important as long as you love somebody, which ushered us into the immoral world that we live in today. 1950s, it was not that way. Adultery, fornication, idolatry, uh, perversion, very much was not what was happening in the 50s. It was happening, but it was in the closet. But on the other side, this love agenda. So they used a crisis to bring about new language that ushered us into a new normal. Every time there's a crisis, there is going to be an ushering in by language of the new Norm. But God's back was not turned when the global pandemic happened. God didn't go on vacation and come back and say, My goodness, what's happened to my world? God's eyes were wide open when He allowed this to happen to the entire globe. Because what the enemy thought was going to be evil, God is bringing about good. What the enemy thought would destroy us, God is bringing about power and authority. What the enemy said is going to utterly cause destruction, God is going to bring authority out of it. There is a new norm that's being ushered in, but there's a new norm that's being ushered in for the church. There's a new strength for the individual in the church. There's a powerful authority for the individual in the church. There's a powerful strength. We are moving into a time of gifts of the Spirit, latter rain outpouring, miracle signs and wonders. This is the prophecy of the last days being fulfilled. These individuals in our world today that are ushering in new norms got this from God. 
Because every time he wanted to usher in a new norm, he wanted to change a dispensation. He wanted to change the way people think about their relationship with God. He'd allow the flood to happen. And out of the flood, a brand new norm, a new dispensation. There was absolutely a crisis from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the new. 400 years where God did not speak to his people as a group. Crisis. That's when he came on the scene in Bethlehem's manger and begins to talk about New Testament stuff. New norm, fulfilling of the old. There's a new commandment I've given to you. There's a new love you must have. We are living in a time ushered in by this global pandemic that all the world is aware of right now. This is... The time of the end. This is the last days. This is the opportunity that's been prophesied and spoken and declared to us. This is the latter and the former reign together. In Luke chapter 5, here's my text, but I'm halfway through. This is exactly what's happening. And Jesus has begun His ministry preaching about all these new things, a new commandment, a new love, a new testament. And they seemingly, I don't know how they could possibly not like him opening blinded eyes. I I don't know how they could possibly just hate that Jesus was resurrecting the dead. But what they did not like is that he did it on the Sabbath. In fact, I told you this Wednesday, he made it a point to do it on the Sabbath. You look at how many miracles are done on the Sabbath. Why didn't he wait till the next day? Do it on Tuesday night, Thursday morning. He waited until the Sabbath, and then he went about healing the withered hand, raising the dead, making the crippled walk, feeding the thing. This is his habit. Why? Because he needed to create a crisis among the people. And their old traditions had to pass away so that you could utter in a new way of thinking, a new paradigm. And so here's what's happening. Jesus is doing miracles. And the religious leaders of the day don't want it. He is God incarnate, wrapped in flesh. And they've been praying to Him and fasting to Him and reading His Word for generations. And when He showed up, they didn't know who He was. And so verse 36, Jesus begins to speak to them this because they were rejecting His ministry. He spake a parable unto them. No man putteth the piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh the rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine, old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. Now, let me deal with the precipice by which this is spoken. It's the last verse. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth the new, for he'll say the old is better. It's speaking about our nostalgia. And if anybody has experienced our old normal, whoo, the way we used to have church around here before COVID. My, my, my. Anybody having tasted that, drunk that, experienced that, you become very nostalgic about the old normal. 
And he said, it is the, it is the habit of mankind that if he's tasted the old, he doesn't straightway just want to say, hey, give me the new. He's going to hold on to that old and try his best to get back to the old normal. So every one of us will deal with this. The tendency to want things be like they used to be. If it was just like it was when I was a child. If it was just like it was before 9-11. If it was just like it was before COVID-19. If it was just like it. All these things are pining for a nostalgic way of life we used to have. So it's natural that we don't straightway. That's the key. That means immediately just turn and get the new. Because you'll say, well, the old is better. Not having experienced the new. And due to this, Jesus gives two parables. And the first one is this. No man put a piece of a new garment upon an old, or you destroy both. Now, I'm, I'm, I guess it's confession time for me. I've got a handful of t-shirts at home that I love to wear when nobody's at the house. They are the most comfortable t-shirts that I have ever worn. I mean, I can take them out and throw them up in the air, and they just shake my body. It's when I put them on, it's like I'm putting on my skin. It's comfortable. But the problem is, I can't wear that when people come over to the house. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Because I have a favorite recliner where sometimes maybe eating hot wings, a drop or two... Or, you know, my drink is spilt here or there or decided to paint or something. And so I've got these shirts that are really bad. But, man, they're comfortable. So when I'm wanting to dress down as just luscious and me, I'm, I'm putting that puppy on. I know it's turning her on big time, but I, I'm, I'm putting that T-shirt on because it's the most comfortable thing I have. But if company comes over, I've got to take it off. And I can't be outside with that. It's got, what are you talking about, Judah? It's got holes here. Little dry rot here, stains here. It is so comfortable. I love it so much. In truth, it's not fulfilling the purpose of clothing, which is modesty or protection from weather. It don't do either one of them. I guess I could get on Amazon and order me a package of brand new t-shirts. Yeah. And when they come, not put them on. They're not comfortable. No. Take and cut a patch out of the new t-shirts and get Lois to sew it under the arm there or is, you know, and right here over this stain. And if she tries to do that, it won't work. The fact of just trying to sew it, the thing is dry rotted, it's going to fall apart. That's what the scripture's saying. And then these patches that are on my old t-shirt aren't going to match. Now in our fashion today, it might be cool, I don't have any idea. But how do I get that new t-shirt to match my old comfortable shirt? Never. I'd have to dip it in hot sauce and diet coke. I don't know what all I have to throw it and wash it 5,000. I have to get it dry rotted before it would actually work. The best thing I can do is realize that what I have was good for then. But it ain't working anymore. 
And finally, when Lois throws it away, don't go back and get it out of the trash. Just leave it there. This is what Jesus is saying, is that there is a new norm coming to you in this testament and coming to us in these last days. And you can't decide, oh yeah, I want that ladder and that former rain together and prodigals praying through and miracle signs and wonders and try to patch that onto your old traditional thought process, your old traditional way of thinking. The best thing you can do is take that old thing off that we had before the crisis and put the brand new thing on that God has given us today. This is beautifully, beautifully, powerfully exampled in the Word of God. Bartimaeus is beside the road on the way to Jericho. And according to the culture of the time, he wears a particular garment or coat. This garment is a particular color. It's made a particular way to identify him as a beggar because of his blind eyes. This is for his blessing. So that when people see his coat, they would instantly realize this is one of society that needs help. And people of compassion, when they're blessed especially, will go and bless the one that is in need. I suppose this caused some people who had cold hearts to walk on the other side of the street and not pass him by. But this garment identifies him as who he is. And the scripture said when Jesus comes down the road to Jericho and Bartimaeus begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There was pressure upon him to keep things like they used to be. We don't want change around here. We like the way it used to be. We want to go back to the old normal. Set down Bartimaeus. Don't worship that way. Don't cry out. Don't long for something new. Stay with the old. But Bartimaeus cries out all the louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. And the scripture says he got to his feet and took off his coat. And threw it away. Because when he comes to Jesus, it's now a brand new norm. He will not be the same man he was after he connects with the Lord. He who was blind will now see. He who was a beggar will have the ability to work. So he doesn't need that coat anymore. No matter how comfortable, no matter how much he enjoyed it, he won't need that anymore. So just take the old off and put the new on. Secondly, Jesus tells a parable about no man should put new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles will perish. But new wine has to go into new bottles. If you understand the culture of the time, there's a beautiful parallel here. Jesus was speaking of the bottles of that time that carried wine, which we know was made of goat skin. So these goat skins, perhaps other kind of skins, but goats in particular, these goat skins, when they were newly tanned, were pliable. When they were newly fashioned into a vessel that could hold liquid, they were pliable and movable. But as they began to be out in the sun, carried on a shoulder, hooked around a donkey or a camel, as, a, as they're outside, these skins begin to get very dry. And now that they are dry, they are brittle. They are unmovable. They are very stiff. They have no ability to move. 
And when you take an old bottle that is set in its ways and put new wine into it, that new wine is about to go through a process of fermentation. What is going to be put in them bottles is going to be powerful within these bottles. It will move. It will expand. It will have to have a flow. It will have to have a give. And if that old bottle is unpliable and unmovable, Jesus said it will burst the bottles. The vessel will be destroyed by the new wine. And then secondly, the new wine will spill onto the ground. But if you're going to have a new wine, you need to put it in new bottles. Now, this word new in the Greek does not mean you went on Amazon and got something right off the manufacturer floor. You went to Walmart and found something that only the manufacturer had touched. It means make new again. Old bottle made new means to refurbish, to make new again. And the process for refurbishing bottles in the time and the culture which Jesus is speaking, is they take these old, dried, brittle goat skins, and they would plunge it under the water. they just keep it under the water and let it saturate a little bit. Let it marinate. The water just marinate that skin. Then they take it out, let the air dry it shortly, then put it back in the water. Over and over, this is the process they'd go through. Plunging it in the water. Dunking it in the water. Getting the water, just saturating it, marinating it, getting it in the air. Put it back in the water. Back in the water. And then once it had begun to become pliable, they would take the skin out of the water and take oil. And smear, which is the same word for anointing in the Greek, anoint or smear all over that bottle. And once that bottle's been smeared with oil, they'd plunge it in the water again. Dunk it in the water again. Take it out. Smear it with oil. They would continue this process as long as it takes until that skin began to be pliable again and movable again and refurbished so that new wine could be put within it. These two things, some of you already know where we're going. These two components are everywhere in the Scripture a parallel because the water is representative of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told the woman at Samaria, the well at Samaria, he said, if you knew who was asking you to drink, you would ask of me to give you a drink, and I would give you water that you would never thirst again. But he was speaking about the Holy Ghost. In John 7, 38 and 39, in that day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and with a loud voice cried out, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. But this spake he of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe on him should receive. That's a direct quotation. Water is always representative in the Word of God as the Holy Ghost. So the only way this outpouring of this new normal for what God is doing in these last days is that we have got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We can't let a service go by that we don't speak in tongues. we got to pray today. we got to pray tomorrow. we got to pray through on Tuesday, Wednesday. And then after we've hung around these altars and prayed in the Spirit, we gotta get praying in the Spirit again. We gotta get in the Holy Ghost again. We gotta break through again, over and over. The oil is representative of the anointing or the presence of God. The favor upon an individual. The anointing upon an individual. The anoint, the presence of God. So we've got to learn to get in His presence. 
And like Wednesday night, just linger around His altar. And just let the anointing of His presence just just change these earthen vessels that are going to have this powerful treasure within it. And then we got to get dunked in the Holy Ghost again. Pray in the Holy Ghost Thursday. Pray in the Holy Ghost Friday. Spend time in His presence on prayer meeting night. Spend time in His presence on Sunday morning. Spend time in His presence and pray through on Saturday night. Pray through on Monday. This is the process by which it will take these old vessels, these nostalgic vessels that we have, that we so long for the old normal, and give us a pliability to receive this last day outpouring that is upon us right now. This last day ministry of signs, gifts, miracles, and wonders that are upon us right now. The supernatural that is flowing upon us and God calling us to even right Mark writes his gospel. I wanted to show this to you. And as he begins to recite the last words Jesus speaks, he begins to tell us this. Jesus said this in verse 15 of Luke 16. Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The old norm was to try to deputize and send missionaries to every nation that we possibly could. Awesome. I love it. But there's a new norm to reach the whole world that we talked about this morning. Social media and media. And what we do on a continual basis, broadcasting, is going around the world and the gospel is being preached. Never have I seen the gospel being preached like I've seen it in the last few months. I'm not talking about just some watered-down version. I'm talking about the gospel has been preached online like I have never seen it preached. Straight and true salvation message. We are hearing it. This is the new norm that we will preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's the first steps. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new, new tongues. What brings this paradigm shift that God is speaking to us is language. So it's very important that as we preach, as we teach, as we fellowship, we're using these words. We're in the last days. Miracles are happening everywhere. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. We need to speak these words about where we are living now to usher in the paradigm. The whole world is going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole world is hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost is going to be outpoured in our churches and in churches that don't have the same name as we have. All across this town, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Not only in churches, let it fall in the schools. Let it fall in the universities. This is the language we have to be speaking. We have to speak this, that you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody at work, somebody. 
The new agenda wants us to social distance, but the new gospel is wanting us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then above and beyond all that, I'm finished. God's going to give us a new time so that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, Pastor, it was confirmed with what you said to me Wednesday night. Gifts of the Spirit were flowing and there was diversities of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And in particular, how you even spoke about here in the altar what happened between you and that individual, what God gave you confirmation. I asked Pastor, somebody in the church that you weren't here. This is what God is doing in these last days. is giving us a spiritual language and a spiritual tongue. Because there are a lot of times that we don't even know what we should pray. It's what Paul tells us. But if we pray in the Spirit, He'll give us a new tongue to help change the paradigm. So we're not pining for the old norm. But we're pliable and movable. And these earthen vessels can have a treasure of God's Spirit and God's anointing and God's power placed within it. I tell you, I've lived and heard this stuff preached all my life, even when I was a child, about the quick coming of the Lord. But we are so much closer than what we ever have. But never have I felt prophetically in my spirit until after COVID-19. And we are moving into a time of prophetic purpose. Latter and former reign together. God's gospel being preached throughout the whole world. That a people that do know their God being great and doing exploits. That miracles, signs, and wonders are falling upon sons and daughters prophesying. Oh, men dream and dream, young men see and vision. These are the things that I feel right now we've been loosed into. Because the crisis has caused an ushering in of a brand new norm. I tell you what. I'm an old dog, but teach me new tricks. And there's things I'm nostalgic about. Old songs I used to sing, Victory in Jesus. I like that one, Pastor. Old songs we used to sing. I'm still nostalgic about all them. But I love worship songs that we sing today. So if need be, I'll take the old t-shirt and throw it away. Because it's not about just being comfortable. It's about realizing what God is ushering in. I'm preaching to some people that are not in this building. Whether you're watching online or video or however you might see it or hear it. It's time not to just tread water and wait for the old things to come back. God will not allow the old ways to come back. Because we're in a brand new norm. It's the last days. And if you'll just get plunged in the Holy Ghost, not just Sunday to Sunday, but over and over and over again. If you linger in His Word and in His presence, 
Not just on a prayer meeting night, but over and over again. Everything you need to receive this new ushering in. You're going to be pliable. You're going to be receptive. You're going to be ready. Because this is the key. Making these old dogs new puppies. These old bottles new bottles. These old rigid not going to move out of my way into a place where the Holy Ghost can put something powerful in me. This new wine that will expand. That will. The old wine was good for the old days. and We can talk about it and be nostalgic about it. But the old days are nothing like the new days that God is ushering us into. Would you stand with me all over the building today? I hope you, without saying, I'm not talking about doctrine. This word never changes. It's always the same. But our habits, our nostalgic, our vain traditions, every one of them is up for sale. Every one of them. And I'll give them, I'll throw them all, I'll throw them all away. If just I can have this new wine and make this a new vessel. If you're here today and you're saying yes. I'm not waiting for things to get back like they used to. That was great church. And I know no one tasting the old straightway wants the new. You're nostalgic. But if you're saying something in my spirit is saying yes. Let's go forward. Let, let's don't go back to the way things. Let's go forward into greater power, greater anointing, greater heart. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over the place. You're signing up right now. Raise your hand as an affirmation. I'm signing up. I'm, uh, I'm signing up. Some of you got two in the hands. You're all in. Both hands in the air. You're all in. Uh, yeah then why don't you go ahead and start this process and let the Holy Ghost fall on you right where you're standing. Receive ye the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. He told Abraham, let that new language, let that new tongue. <laughs> Come on, show your desire by your intensity. Show your hunger by your intensity. Use a little passion right now for the things of God. Whoo! Ah. All right, let me have your attention. Hold that tongue for just a moment. Continue playing, sis. If you have struggled in the past, you're a child of God, you're born again, you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. But it has been difficult for you to break through to praying in the Holy Ghost. That's no shame. All of us have different places we battle. But you realize that you need to find a greater liberty so that you can pray in the Spirit more than just every once in a while. And you'd like a refreshing. You'd like to get plunged right here today. Then I'm going to ask you just to walk down the front and stand across here. If it's just 
been a while since you spoke in tongues. If, it, if it's more difficult for you to yield, I want you to come right now. There you go. Uh, yeah. That's it. They're still coming from all over the building. Yeah. Is this beautiful? Uh, okay, I, I need one prayer warrior to get with each one that's here. Just, just one to be good. You already got a compassion for somebody? There you go. Just one. That, that's good right there. There you go. That's good right there. All right. Everybody here in the congregation that wasn't able to get up here yet, we're still going to minister in the Holy Ghost. But I want you right now to stretch your hands, congregation, toward these individuals that have made a step to come up here and get a refreshing of the Holy Ghost and let that yielding become more frequent for them. Because we need this. We need this. So right now, if you have authority, lay hands on the head. There you go, Smelzer. Lay hands on the head. There you go. Come on, pray your prayer of faith. Receive ye the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let a refreshing of the Holy Ghost be upon you. That's it. Speaking in tongues. That's it. Speaking in tongues. That's it. Speaking in tongues. That's it. That's it. Speaking in tongues. That's it. That's your prayer language. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Stay with us just a minute. Stay with us. Yes, yes, yes. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Okay, listen to me. Bring that volume down. Even if you're in the altar, quit praying for somebody. Even if you're in the altar, bring that sound down. No sound. There you go. Listen to me. Listen to me. Beautiful. Now, if you came down here to yield easier and to break back through the Holy Ghost, and you have, just wave your hand here so we can see. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's already happened all over this place. We're going to pray with a couple that have not yet broken through, okay? But before we do, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have never spoken tongues, which is the sign of you receiving this gift of God, according to Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, then I want you, if you're ready, to get your first plunging, to get this first gift of God, this first initial time, I want you to come stand right here in front of me. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter how old or how young. Come right now, right here. You never have, but today is your day. Come right now. Ooh, yes, 
Anybody ready right now? I feel just to give you another opportunity. You want it? You don't want to leave. You've never had it, but you want it. Come right now. Okay, don't want to embarrass anybody. I want to ask everybody else that is here to gather in behind all of these that are in the altar if you feel comfortable. You don't feel comfortable, social distance yourself somewhere in the auditorium. Social distance, whatever that means. But That's it, come in this altar. Get some glory under this spout. <laughs> There you go. There's still some coming. We'll wait for you to get here. The key is every opportunity you get. Every time God calls you to prayer or it's your personal devotion. Every time you're getting ready for church. Every time you come to a prayer. Every time you come to a service. Sunday school. It doesn't matter. Every time. We need to be yielding to the Holy Ghost. Because God is ushering in something so powerful that our old thought process, our old paradigm can't even think that way. And all that nostalgia we have for the old way, we have got to somehow be changed with language in the Spirit and in your understanding. So that a paradigm shift happens for us to realize where we are in history. This is it. This is it. This is the generation. This is the last days. This is it. So let's go forward with destiny and purpose and constantly plunged in the Holy Ghost. Constantly plunged in the Holy Ghost. Smeared or anointed with His presence. Plunged in the Holy Ghost, smearing His presence, and speaking a new tongue. I'm going to get out of the microphone in this altar. Guess of the Spirit are flowing. For the next few moments, I'm going to loose you again. A couple here still want to break through the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I'm praying that this is an Acts 2 experience. That all that were in the house were filled and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. So from this platform to the back door, why don't you just lift your hands one more time? Tell Him you want an outpouring of His Spirit and receive ye the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance in Jesus' name. Hey! <laughs>
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. Just let a voice of prayer and the Holy Ghost continue to rise in this place for the next moment. The Lord's not done right yet. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is still flowing through this place. I know a lot of people have gone back to their seats. I want us to stand together. And I know that some that I've watched so many people be renewed and refreshed and the gift open back up to them. And, but I don't want you walking out of here thinking, well, now that I'm not at the altar or the service is almost over, that it'll be another month or two. But 
But I'm telling you right now by faith, if we'll, in just a moment, we're going to lift our hands, lift our voice again. And what you felt down here, you're going to feel right there in your seat. And you're going to begin to speak in tongues again right where you are. Right where you're at. It doesn't have to be right here with four or five people gathering and laying hands on you like that. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands now. And it's not going to be your words. It's going to be his words. Come on. Because there ain't nobody here can give you the Holy Ghost. God's already give it. Don't quench the spirit. Just let it speak. That's it. Right in your seat. Right there. All across the building. It's living water. It's not your words. It's his words. This is what you can do at home. This is what you can do in your car. This is what you can do in the living room. Hallelujah. You can speak in tongues at school, on the job. It's living water. It's flowing. It's like a river. It's moving. Hallelujah. Don't quench the spirit of living water in your life. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. He loved no more. we're going to realize we don't have to wait till altar service but we can walk through the double doors talking in tongues with our hands lifted up we're not going to have to wait for the invitation but we're going to be speaking in tongues while the preacher's preaching I'm going to be speaking in tongues in the prayer room I'm going to be speaking in tongues on the drive to church. When I get up and I'm getting my hair, you know, it takes a while to fix this. But while I'm fixing my hair, I'm going to be worshiping and praying and, and talking in tongues. Let me tell you, the Lord put it in you. Let it out. Let it speak. This is the new. This is the new. We don't have to wait for camps to be renewed. We don't have to wait for revivals to be renewed. You can call somebody up, FaceTime them, and say, hey, pray with me, and just both of you start praying and speaking in tongues. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's it. Boy, I hear it rumbling up over here. Uh, you can feel it just rumbling over here with people. Don't hold it under your breath. Just let it out. You still feeling it? It's still all over you? Don't, don't quench it yet. 
hey we'll go home when the Lord's done just let it keep coming if it's been a while then just let it keep on coming this is what we came here for this is what we prayed and people fasting and this is what we were doing getting ready to see God pour his spirit out see people renewed and refreshed find out what it takes to make it another step another day's journey till the Lord comes back to get us how do I keep going God we'll have to learn some new things you know can you imagine anything as good as manna the Lord gave them manna until it was time to go into the promised land nobody ate manna in the promised land it ceased it it wasn't there no more it was good while they wandered but now they're in a land flowing with milk and honey and there's some things that got you to where you are but now you're stepping into a promise where things are flowing. Woo! There's some new things to be enjoyed. There's some new territory to conquer. There's some new places for your feet to start walking. Woo! Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to, we apply that to a one-time experience. There's some scriptures that we, we apply them to our initial new birth and we, and we leave them there. That old things are passed away and all things are made new. Well, yeah. That means all things from that point forward. You need to be walking into new. I'm a new creature. That means every day I need to be looking for something new. The Lord's opening the doors. We're breaking through the barriers like he preached in that 11 o'clock service. We're moving into a, a, a place where the church has never been before. So the church will have to be what it's never been before. I believe that. I believe we've yet to see all that God's going to accomplish through us. Jesus said there would be things that he did would be done, but there would be greater things. And so I'm still looking to see, because I can't hardly imagine what's greater than what he's done, but there's some greater things coming for the church. Amen? Let's lift our hands and thank him one more time together. Come on, let's thank him. Let's receive it. Let's believe it. Receive the word that was preached today. Receive the promise. Receive as a fact of life, as a fact of your new life, what you received in this altar. Say, this is, this is me from this point on. God, until you open another new door, this is me. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm a tongue talker. I'm a, I believe in the gospel. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of the King. I'm a part of the body. Ooh.
Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for such a powerful, wonderful move of the Holy Ghost today? Give the Lord a hand, clap and a shout. Hallelujah. I'm excited to see where our church is going. I'm excited to see what God's doing. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Green, Sister Green. Thank you, all that ministered today. Thank you for those that responded because it's a blessing. It blesses people around you when they see you renewed, refreshed, stepping out in faith. It encourages others. We're all a part of this body by one spirit. So let's, man, I tell you, everything we rejoice together, we weep together. And we're going to go forward together. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I appreciate the Lord so much. Thank you again, all of our visitors that came today. We, we love you. Glad you're here with us. And just appreciate you so much. Hope you'll come back. Young people, don't forget, uh, Friday night at 730, Regeneration will kick off. And bro- eight, 8 o'clock. I'm sorry. 8 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, regeneration weekend starts. Brother Myron Wideman be ministering parents bring your make sure your young people are here you want you want them to be here it's going to be a powerful move of the holy ghost if you've got friends at school that don't have the holy ghost bring them and i, I can tell you if they're willing they won't leave here without it because god's going to be moving the water will be ready for people to be baptized in jesus name we're going to see apostolic church happening this weekend in jesus name so be here prayer tomorrow night at seven o'clock we're going to have a great time Now you can be dismissed. God bless you in Jesus' name.